and, and look, you're coming to this house to just to talk about the law and legalism. And then he went and he went and I just listened. He now thinks I'm going to rebuke him and send him to the, the, the doors of hell. <laughs> I said to him, you know what? I want you to stand up and give me a hug. This is Camus. And this is Kylie. Welcome to God is Real, God is Good, a podcast where we collect stories about God working in people's lives through big, miraculous ways, all the way down to small, everyday things. Hello, everybody, and welcome to this week's episode of God is Real, God is Good. This week is Kylie, and I have with me Brian Nunez. I think I think I said it wrong that time. Okay. Okay, cool. Also, guys, I just want to let everybody know I am a little bit sick this week. We're recording over Zoom, but my voice sounds a little bit hoarse or off. Um, Maybe only I notice it, but I feel a little like it's off. Anyways, um, Brian, he goes to Andrews University, which is where I go, and Sarah is good friends with him. Um, And Sarah was on um, the podcast just a few weeks or maybe a month or so ago. Um, and she recommended that we interview Brian. So I'm very excited to hear what he has to say today. Well, I'm very excited that you have invited me, Kylie, as well. I enjoyed that podcast with uh, Sarah, and I said, wow, it's so interesting how we're able to share our stories, that unique part of our lives that can impact others, you know? Yeah, exactly, exactly. Because, you know, we can all share the Bible, um, but, you know, we can only like I can share my stories and only you can share your stories. And so I think it's pretty cool opportunity. That's right. All right. Well, let's say a prayer and we can get into this. Dear Father in heaven, thank you for this opportunity to record Brian and to sit and talk with him and to hear his stories about how you've worked in his life and how he's grown closer to you through the experiences that he's had and the ways that he's seen you working. Um, please send your Holy Spirit to be with him and I as we record this. Um, please just be with the words that we speak. Let them bring glory to your name. In Jesus' name, amen. Amen. All right, Brian, why don't you tell everybody where you're from? Yes, I am from the beautiful island of the Dominican Republic, Hi. where the weather is very different from what I'm looking through my window right now. <laughs> <laughs> yes, I heard it. So Brian's in Michigan in Berrien Springs, probably, yes. or that area. Yeah. yeah. I heard you guys had a snowstorm recently. So yes, this past, past week we had even some snow days. Oh, so it's been interesting knowing that my family can go anytime to the beach or the river, enjoy coconut and good mangoes, but it's okay. <laughs> and it's been a pleasure for me to come to Andrews and, and learn so much about ministry and just, you know, life in general, uh, things about myself, leaving away from home and, developing in other areas that I wouldn't if I had stayed home. Mm. Um, I was born and raised there. So Spanish is my first language. I learned English. I started learning when I was about seven and it's, I, I just fell in love with the language and I wanted to learn more about the culture. So I started coming to the U.S. in my teenage years. And by the grace of God, I'm here. I am finishing my master's of divinity That's at the exciting. seminary. Yes, I get to graduate in August. Oh, exciting. Hopefully going to a warmer place. <laughs> <laughs> uh, yeah. Um, and then uh, I also work as a youth and worship pastor for the Grace Place. Okay. I've been there for the past three years. So many good experiences with children and also when it comes to worship uh, ministry. I also work as a chaplain for Adventist Information Ministry. That's where Sarah and I met. Okay. And we just pretty much answer Bible questions. We pray for people. 
and we connect them to churches and that's what we do. And I also volunteer at Spectrum Health Lakeland Hospital as a chaplain there. Oh, wow. Sounds like you've got a busy schedule then. Very busy, yeah, but I, I enjoy every aspect of it. <laughs> so cool. That's so cool. Awesome. Um, so why don't you also tell us a little bit about, did you grow up in a Christian family and a Christian home? I was blessed to grow in a Christian home. My father is a pastor okay. and my mom is a elementary school teacher. So everything that I learned in school, I would also see it in the church and then at home. So that like triangle set was like the my found foundations, you know, very That's important cool. as I grew, as I grew up. That's cool. That's cool. All right. Awesome. Well, you came to share some pretty cool stuff. Um, Brian sent me a little outline of what he's going to share. So I'm excited to get into it. So I think you wanted to start with a verse maybe? Or yes, I would like to start with Second uh, Corinthians uh, chapter three, verses two and four. And maybe you can read that for us. Uh, so pretty much what we're going to be talking today is I have like entitled my ideas with the phrase or the question, what's the language of my letter? What does my letter say? Mm -hmm. And so here in Second Corinthians, we find this interesting passage that Kylie, you will read for us. And then we'll, we'll look at a few things from this passage. Okay. In this version that you sent me, you, mm -hmm. okay. I can read that version. Perfect. Okay. You yourselves are our letter written on our hearts. Know and read by everyone. You show that you are a letter from Christ, the result of our ministry, written not with ink, but with the spirit of the living God, not on tablets of stone, but on tablets of human hearts. Such confidence we have through Christ before God. Mm, thank you. And here, just to give a background of what's happening in Corinth, there is so much we can talk about this place, what it was, and why Paul is writing, but I just want to say this quick aspect of this specific verse. Um, here in the second letter to the Corinthians, Paul is in a way defending his, himself. They had come up with all these wrong arguments about who Paul was, the bad things that he was doing, which were all lies. So the whole letter, the second Corinthians, is actually a defense. Some scholars don't like it because of how much defensive language it has. Uh, in this specific chapter, he's he's talking about, you know, their identity. You are an open letter written on our hearts, known and read by everyone. Mm -hmm. And that's the aspect that I want to focus on, the aspect of being an open letter. See, if I send you a letter to you, Kylie, it's very private, very unique. Mm -hmm. Only you can see it. I, I, I have heard things about the U.S. how it is illegal even to like open uh, stuff from the mail. We don't have the same mail system in my country. So yeah. I found that really fascinating how protective, you know, information yeah. gets to be. But then Paul is saying to me, Brian, when you become a Christian, you're no longer in your own little island. <laughs> you're no longer doing your own thing. You are placed in a position, in a place, I mean, in a university, in a job to be my ambassador and i love that word you know mm. like my diplomat you get to represent me wherever you go mm. and so That's as we cool. talk as we talk today we want to see how is kylie johnson able to represent jesus where she is regardless of the label that you have in your denomination of your age of your theological knowledge what can you do practically in this day and age that can be effective for the cause because at the end of the day, Jesus said, 
I am the way, the truth, and the life. Whether you are Baptist, Seventh-day Adventist, uh, Jehovah Witness, that is not going to save you. What saves you, Kylie, what is it? Jesus. Jesus. Jesus yeah. alone saves you, not what you do, but who he is. And mm. so we want to understand now my role as a Baptist, as a Methodist, as an Adventist. What do I do to bring, you know, that second coming, that, 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 that moment where we can be with God together? And so, I, you know, I wonder, the question is like, what do people say about me, about you? Mm. We have high, I would say, ideas of ourselves. But it's good to just reflect and wonder, you know, what, what would people say if, if they were to describe me, you know, as I am supposed to be this open letter, what would they say? And one thing that I learned in chaplaincy is that people don't care how much you know, but people care how you make them feel. Mm, yeah. It's not about your degrees. You don't go in the streets saying I have a, G a GPA of 3.8. <laughs> It doesn't, it doesn't matter. If, I, if I'm not able to say hi to the janitor or, you know, anybody in the cafeteria, if I'm not able to smile or to help a, an older lady cross the street, then why, why am I on earth? Mm. <laughs> you know, I think Will Smith said it right when he said, if you're not making someone else's life better, you're just wasting your time. Ooh. Ooh. You know, what, what's the whole point of uh, being not just, and again, not just a Christian, but a, a person, because I interact with people that are not Christian at all. That doesn't take away the value that you have as, as a person. So there's three points I would say that I want to just share with you um, as, as we talk. And the first one is the power of influence. And here we're talking again about the language of my letter. What does your letter say as a person, as a Christian? It's interesting, when I look and reflect in my life, I have been to, I was raised, you know, in this context with this specific system of education. I have worked in this specific companies and I am right now serving at this specific locations. Mm -hmm. There are people in my circle that Kylie, you will never be able to meet. Mm -hmm. You will never be able to reach because you probably don't have an ID that opens a door where they are, for example. Yeah, yeah. yeah. As simple as that. Or you, you're not just going to see them ever. I'm not in that location. Like, I'm in Idaho. You're in Michigan. Like, I've never... Look at that. Yeah. <laughs> and the same way, right there in Idaho, I have, I've only passed through Idaho, so I don't know anybody there. You see? <laughs> God has to be, you know, <laughs> use us wherever we are. And it's so interesting that he talks about how Jesus said, you know, how there are sheep that are not in this fold because maybe if they come here, they are going to see and find out things that are going to take them out of the whole way. Mm. Um, so again, we're talking about the only one way and that power of influence that you can exercise where you are. Sometimes we complain, why God, you send me here? Why am I in this job? Lord, I don't like this career. I don't like this. But here is the, thing, is the thing, in Jeremiah, we see that God knows the plans that he has for us. He's the Alpha and the Omega, the beginning and the end. And if we say, Lord, we trust you, we surrender 
our lives to you. He says, are, are you sure? <laughs> <laughs> because once we give the, him that level of control, we don't have power of the steering wheel anymore. We take the back seat and we let him live where he decides. And every, every story, you know, every person has a different journey. The Bible sometimes doesn't make sense because you see how God says, you know, you should not be unequally yoked, for example. But then we see God saying to Joseph, who is older, go and, and marry Mary, you know, like be with Mary, don't leave her. Yeah. We see God telling uh, Hosea, go and find uh, Gomer, someone that is not at the same level spiritually. Yeah. So what do I do? Am I going to question God now, what he's doing? Or am I going to trust? I love how Jesus highlights children. And he says, if you want to make it to heaven, you got to be like them. Mm. I look back when I was two and three, I did not question anything. I, my mom would give me any food, I would eat it. <laughs> I hated vegetables as a kid. Like a, I hated like, you know, tomatoes and lettuce, all of those things. I didn't like it. But before, way before, you know, I started to like have reason, I would just eat anything. <laughs> and so in the same way, I just trust my parents in a way that God wants me to trust him mm. as a child, you know? And so no matter, again, that's highlighting the aspect of, Am I an open letter only as a pastor? Mm -hmm. Only if I am a singer at the church or even as a child, you can be the hands and the feet of Jesus mm. outside of the church. COVID has taught us how church is more than the four walls because we had for at least a year spent week after week worshiping on these screens on mm -hmm. Zoom and figure out how to do life. And there's so much that we have lost, but there's also so much that we have earned mm -hmm. through this experience of COVID. And going back to the aspect of children, I wanna tell you how you as a child, if you're listening and you're five or six or seven years old, listen, Jesus loves you and he wants to use you right where you are in school, in the playground. There are things that you will see that you can say, you know what, that I can change. I remember when I was about 11 or so, I saw one of my friends that he would always wear these old clothes and he didn't look good. And, and so we would play together, have fun. But as a kid, I'm analyzing things and I'm seeing that he's not dressing the same way that I am dressing. I don't understand anything about economics, about budget, about how much is what? So I started thinking, what can I do for my friend so that he doesn't look bad when we, when we come and we play together? <laughs> I came with the idea of putting together a, a whole bag of clothes from my own clothes. <laughs> wow. And, and so back then, you know, you cannot do anything out of your own decision. So you have to ask, mom, can I do this? And she was like, oh, I'm so proud of you. Of course you can oh. <laughs> go ahead and, and just, you know, give that to him. So I go with my backs to my friend. Now this story doesn't have this cute ending because he felt so offended. Oh. By How come are you giving me these clothes? And, and he used like all these excuses of like, well, my parents are not going to allow me to. 
to bring things to my home, which to me didn't make sense because his parents knew me. Yeah. And of course, it wouldn't be that big of a deal. And I had to get my clothes and just bring them back home. Mm. See, as a child, I can tell you, well, why would you be kind? Why would you do great things for people if at the end, some will reject you, some will criticize you? Yeah. Some will probably even take your gift and then just criticize, oh, look at what this guy's giving me. What does he think he is? And so at the end of the day, you cannot let the experience and the circumstances shape who you are mm. and shape your actions. You do you. My child, my friend who is, who is listening, you do you. <laughs> <laughs> and do not let the circumstances. We live in a very cold and indifferent society. Mm-hmm. I tell you, even um, coming from a Caribbean place where everybody knows each other and we're very like physical and and hugging everybody here people you know keep their distance and it's just difficult but again love cannot be contained Mm. god the father god the son and god the holy spirit they are the definition of love Mm -hmm. but they cannot keep it to themselves so what do what (laughs) do they do let's create let's develop and so here we have angels Let's create this world where they actually have the chance to choose for themselves whether or not they want to follow us, Mm. you know. And let's have this backup plan in case they fall so that they see our great love, our great demonstration of love. And so when Jesus comes to this earth, when he did not have to come to be born in a manger, not a hospital, but in a place where animals would drink from, And he goes from a low place to a lower place at the cross, you know, for you and I. Yeah. I can just imagine how the angels in heaven stopped playing their instruments. There was no music. And the character of Satan was revealed, exposed. And then the character of God then also was exposed, that he is love. It doesn't, it didn't matter to God what Adam said, what Eve did. What, what we do, he says, I love you regardless. Mm. And that love, Kylie, does not make sense. No, it does not. That's why I love the song Reckless Love. Mm. Because it is very risky to come here. One sin, and it's, it's done. The plan <laughs> of salvation. How was it that he was able to live a perfect life? And then on the cross, he said, Tetelestai. That means paid in full Mm. it is finished the work that i came to do is already completed Mm. that's who he is love and he's coming back to take us home but again what satan did what humanity is doing right now does not change the heart of god he (laughs) cries when he sees the baby being abused he cries when he sees the young lady go through trauma He cries when he sees families being separated because that's not the plan that he had for us. But he is going to make everything right at some point. And there we will get to see his great love for us. So my child, my friend, don't let anything, any circumstance change who you are. I continue to serve and to give from what I have and to give clothes and to give, you know, anything I can provide to help 
that experience of my friend did not change. And he didn't even change my friendship with him. We're still great friends. Every time I get to visit my country, I go, I see him and we have a, a great time together. So God loves him the same way. I continue to love him. Mm. And we're all on this journey, you know? Yeah. So that's, that's one aspect of how you as a child can minister to, to people in your circle, you know? Mm-hmm. And maybe I'm talking to somebody who is actually in church and you are maybe preaching or you like to give Bible studies. Let me tell you, Jesus, and I was telling this to you, Kylie, Jesus said, go and make disciples. How? You baptize them and then you teach them about me. And then you make them disciples. But we do everything wrong. (laughs) (laughs) We say, "Um, come and enjoy our prophecy series we have these three weeks about revelation Mm -hmm. and come to our health fair that we have only when we want them to 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 come and visit us Mm -hmm. where's the going in in the whole aspect Mm -hmm. where is the baptizing my father he had to spend two years giving tithes and offerings going outside in the community with outreach just because they they thought that he needed to prove himself Mm whether or not he was a true Christian, you know, who are we to judge that? Mm. You know, if somebody says, here I am, why cannot we follow the example of Jesus who said to the woman caught in adultery, I forgive you, go and sin no more. Yeah. How can we not be like Jesus with the woman at the well who revealed all the truth to her and said, I am that living water that you need. I am the only one that can fulfill you. And see how she accepted that truth. And she became the first missionary, the first evangelist publicly, you know, for Jesus. Yeah. And so there's a story that I want to share of how going and making disciples where they are makes a whole difference. I I served as a Bible worker in Utah uh, about five years ago. And I had plenty of, you know, Bible studies going in the community. I remember one person who, every time that we would start the Bible studies, he would bring a beer to the conversation and says, Pastor, you want one? (laughs) (laughs) I said, no, thank you. (laughs) You But still, we're trying to bring that, you know, and and just have a conversation. I will talk about his family and whatnot. But there is this one specific uh, person. We will call him Henry for the sake of the conversation. Henry... uh, he bought one of the books that I was selling also as I was canvassing. And, yeah. and so, you know, I said, you know, I would like to speak more with you about Jesus and just get to know you and your family more. Can I come every Tuesday at five? I was like, oh yeah, for sure. And for sure. And we can have our family join us. And so here we are sitting every Tuesday at five and we go through various topics in the Bible. We started with how we can trust that the Bible is true. You know, mm-hmm. what proof do we have that this is actually a book relevant for me today, that it's the actual word of God. Okay. So we studied that. Then we went into other topics of like uh, who God is. We talked about health. We um, talked about family, how to have like a great family. And like after two months, you know, I said, okay, I, I already know them. I know their pets. The little baby comes and he says hi to me. We, we sit all together in the living room. And I'm part of like the family now. We can get to deeper topics, you know, as we talk. And so I remember talking about the Ten Commandments. He had no issue with any of them. And we just covered them superficially. You know, we just went through them. 
Yeah. And so we accepted together, okay, this is valid today. Mm. But then the next week, we get to talk about the Sabbath. Mm. And as an Advent, as Adventists, we believe that the seventh day is the day that God separated and that he, he sanctified and made it holy. And so I get to visit him. And now we start studying what the Bible has to say about the Sabbath. I'm about to make that call and just ask them to accept the truth of the Sabbath because they understand it and see. But then right after, right before uh, asking, you know, if you want to accept, somebody knock on the door. Oh my. And this guy comes all dressed in black <laughs> and he sits with us in the living room. I don't know who this person is, never seen him before. Oh, and then the daughter says, oh, Brian, this is our pastor. Oh, after so and so, I said, okay, well, God, you put me in this one, you take me out. <laughs> so then I said, well, my friend, I just wanted to uh, find out from you guys, you know, what had happened from the Sabbath to Sunday. And he said, oh, no, it's, you know, it's just um, the Bible says that the day of rest, you know, it doesn't mention a specific day. Mm -hmm. And then I show him a verse that says the seventh day. Yeah. And then he started saying, well, yeah, but, you know, that was changed after the resurrection. And, and then I changed him, showed him another verse that that's not the case. Every argument that he would come with his own opinion, the Holy Spirit was giving me a verse. Mm. Some of the verses that I had already, already shared with them, but some others that were just in the back of my mind. And there he was giving me an answer for each objection to the point that he started to get angry. Oh. He started to get like frustrated. And then he started to get uh, like personal at me. Oh. And he said, you Adventist, you're only talking about the Sabbath, all legalistic, only about the law, nothing about love and faith. And, and look, you're coming to this house to just to talk about the law and legalism. And then he went and he went and I just listened. Now, mind you, you see me sitting here. I'm I'm six four, you know, I'm like pretty tall and, oh, yeah. and I was really short <laughs> it's just so funny how it was but i'm just here listening and i'm like okay and then i with like a very serious face like he now thinks i'm going to rebuke him and send him to the the, the doors of hell <laughs> i said to him you know what i want you to stand up and give me a hug oh kyle the end of the story oh oh goodness no, did he give you a hug? He stood up. He did not know what to do or what to say. He turned red and he just gave me a hug. Oh, my. I said, okay, let's pray. Because here's the thing, Kylie. I had been with this family for two months already. And they knew me. We were not talking about the Sabbath first time. Yeah. It was actually that day that he happened to come. So we get to, to pray, and it's interesting, in, in their denomination, they pray together with me. Mm. <laughs> like, it's, it's just funny how it goes, and it was a little bit confusing, but anyway, <laughs> we pray together. And after the prayer, Kylie, they, the pastor was saying, Henry, if you have any question about the Bible, ask an Adventist. They know <laughs> their Bible so well. Oh. I have friends this, and I have friends that, and I have found that they are so, you know, in tune with what they believe. If you have any question, I'm so glad that you're starting with him, so-and-so. That's so cool. And I just reflected on what changed. 
what would have happened, Kali, if I had now come with my Bible like a hammer mm. and continue to hit him and be like, look, you're wrong. This is what the Bible says. That wouldn't have gone well. No, I don't think so. <laughs> you could have continued your like argument. It would have gotten more. Very much, heated, very like, much yeah. heated. Yes. But again, the answer was love. Mm. Outside of the church, that's what we need to exercise wherever we are. Mm. Love. The only way that we are going to get to the people is the way that Jesus would. Mm -hmm. Today, I finished before our meeting, I was with a Bible study. And I explained to this lady, she wanted to know about the 2300-day prophecy. I spent three weeks trying to explain this to her. She was not getting it, and she was getting frustrated. And I tried to make it so simple. But then she said, Pastor Brian, what do I, how do I use this to win a soul? I said, you know what, my friend? I, don't, I wouldn't use this prophecy to win a soul mm. because Christ's method alone will be the only thing that will bring success in winning a soul. And what did Jesus do? He mingled with men mm. as one who desired their good. He, he ministered to their needs. He earned their confidence. And then he said, follow me. But interestingly enough, they were already following him <laughs> by the time he made the invitation. Yeah. And so, you want to show them the love of Jesus. This prophecy is good for you as a Christian to understand where we are in history and what Daniel meant when he said after 2300 days, then the sanctuary will be cleansed. It's good for you to know these things, but this is not the bullet that I will use to get somebody. Mm -mm. The only thing that will get people is that love, genuine love of Jesus mm. that will bring unity instead of division. Yeah. That will bring forgiveness instead of hatred, regardless of race, regardless of economic class. How can we be one? That was the prayer that Jesus uttered in Gethsemane. Lord, mm -hmm. I want them to be one just as you and I are one. Revelation chapter one talks about how we, we are made kings and, and priests unto God. It's like we are him. You know, our identity is like him. Mm -hmm. And that was the lie that... The serpent told the first couple, like, oh, you're going to be like God. They were mm -hmm. already like God. And we have never lost that aspect of who we are. And that's why the prodigal son, when he comes back, he thinks and he believes those lies. There's, there's no way I can make it back mm. to the place I was. But no, the father says, I don't pay attention to anything you're saying. Bring the robe, bring the crown, bring everything. Because my son is back. The prince is back. Yes, you're going to suffer the consequences of our actions you know we're going to live with those things but the identity our identity is not what we do but who we are in christ mm -hmm. and yes. there, as a child as a youth as somebody who likes to preach and give bible studies that's who you are you bring that love wherever you go mm -hmm. with henry i could have finished the conversation there but we continued and they kept coming to our church until i left i i, I lost contact with them but they had that glimpse of, you know, that smile, that mm -hmm. acceptance, and that understanding of, okay, this is what we believe. This is what the Bible says. But it's okay. You're on a journey. And there's so much that we can learn from each other, you see? Yeah. And, and that leads me to, like, my last experience. I would say in the hospital, my life has changed because I have met so many people from so many denominations. And even faith backgrounds, you know. Today I spoke to uh, a lady who 
when I asked her about her faith, she said, I really don't, don't have one. I don't know about God or anything. And she says, if there was a God, I don't think I would have gone through the things I went through in my mm. life. See, right there, my job is not to explain the great controversy from Genesis to Revelation, no. to tell her the whole story. No, no, no. My job there as a chaplain is to show her that I see her pain, that I acknowledge her um, hurts, her frustration. And yes, I can bring Jesus and say, you know what? God has cried while you were, while you were going through those things. He did not plan that for your life. And he loves you so much that he said, you know, I'm going to let my son go and die for you so that I can be with you again forever. And everything will make sense. But for now, I just want you to know that he's God, Emmanuel, God with you. And you're not alone. I'm not here talking about denomination or, or any. I'm here just telling her the truth that I know, that experience that I have had with Jesus myself and what he means to me. So I encourage anybody that is listening. How would you tell other, others about somebody you don't know? Hmm. John 17 says, this is eternal life to know him. And in the Hebrew, every time that it says like so-and-so knew so-and-so, it talks about intimacy, hmm. that intimate knowledge, you know, that only a couple has. That's what God wants with us. Because when he comes back and he says, the people say, oh, I fed these people, these many people. I, I did all these acts of kindness. And then he will say, oh, I never knew you. Mm. Those are the hardest words that I will never want to hear from Jesus, that he never knew me, you see? And, and there I can tell you, I have interacted with people from the, like Navajo religion or atheists, so many denominations. And every time I love, like, for example, when I go to a Catholic room, we get to do our Lord's prayer, you see? Yeah. I, I get to experience and walk in their shoes. Mm. And I think that's what we need more in the world, to understand each other, to speak that one language. Mm -hmm. We share many things in common. The pain that I go through does not... So, like, because I'm an Adventist, I'm not excluded from, yes. from the thing that you go as a Baptist or, or as an evangelical, you know. Yeah. We all go through these hard, hard things in life. Mm -hmm. How can we support each other? How can I make your life better by my words, by my actions. Again, back to the what I mentioned, people don't care what you know, but how you make them feel. Mm. You want to change the world? You want to do so much? Start changing the lives of those who are around you. Mm -hmm. God says, how would you love me if you don't love those who are next to you that you get to see and how, you know, you don't see me, how, how are you going to love me? So at the end of the day, I just want to highlight the importance of being that open letter, Kylie, the open letter that says, I love Jesus and he wants me to be a disciple. Mm -hmm. A disciple does what the teacher says, what the teacher has, you know, taught him to do. And we see that Jesus who did not think of himself, but just gave of himself, including his own life. How much different our world will be if we would look out for those like Jesus would. How much our families would be full in love if, if we would forgive each other the way that Jesus forgives us. We don't deserve, Kylie, any of that forgiveness. And yet he gives us 
that freely. Yeah. I want to encourage you who are listening and, and anybody just to meditate on what is my letter saying? Mm. Is it something just out of routine that I do? Or is my Christian life actually making an impact in the lives of others next to me in my community? Am I a seventh-day Adventist only on the seventh day? <laughs> or am I an Adventist all seven days of the week? Yeah. You know, where I practice that faith wherever I go. Am I putting God in a box where I go to you, we finish, and then I go about my life? Mm. He wants us to be in connection with him. Mm -hmm. Let's divide ourselves from him. And let's see, just give it a try. <laughs> give, a, give, give Jesus a try and you will see how much your life will change. Yeah. This is my story. This is what I have lived as a child trying to help others as a, as a pastor in a Bible work and as a chaplain, all I see is that people need love, need kindness, and need you to be there, present with them. Just leave the rest to God. He will, he will know how to save them. You do your part and the role that he has given you specifically to fulfill for that person. That's good. That's so awesome. I love that so much about like about being an open letter, like, cause I definitely think that's like something like actually God's been speaking to me about, you know, like the life that we live, like that's, that's where we're like ministering to others. It's not just like on Saturday. It's not about, um, some people, you know, feel like, oh, I have to go overseas or I have to be a pastor or stuff, mm -hmm. but it's about that life of like living as Christ, you know, like, what does your letter say? Like, right. who does it say you are? Who does it say like Christ is? And then also about that going to the people, um, where they are whether that's in your community or whether it is overseas, um, right. whether it's your neighbor right next door. That's, that's good. Yeah. That's right. <laughs> Do good without seeing to, you know, to whom you're doing it. Mm. Do good, come what may. Just yeah. do good. Yeah. That's awesome. Yeah. That's so cool. Well, thank you so much, Brian, for sharing your stories. I liked what you had to say and I like your stories. Um, I greatly appreciate it. Do you have any last words or thoughts you want to leave the listeners with? Well, I just want to leave you with the peace that surpasses all understanding. That's one thing that it's out of our hands to give to people. Uh, we want to point them to Jesus, not to us. If they ask, you know, how can you smile while you're going through this? Well, it's because of Jesus. How can you be discontent in life even though you've gone through so much? Well, it's because of Jesus. Who is Jesus? Well, let me tell you. <laughs> and you tell them your testimony. I encourage you to share your story with people because um, I can go outside with my Bible and discuss and argue about the mark of the beast i can argue about you know the sabbath these are things that people will have maybe opinions or understanding but what god has done for me that's something that nobody can refute you know mm, yes that's something that people cannot deny so be encouraged to share your story and what jesus has done with you and give that love that he has given you already that love that he has given you first share that with those around you. I agree so much. Yeah, that's awesome. All right. Thank you so much. And bye to all the listeners. If you've enjoyed today's episode, don't forget to follow, share, like, and review. Also, you can contact us at our Facebook page. That is God is Real, God is Good podcast. Or you can email us at God is Real, God is Good podcast at gmail.com. Bye. bye.